The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Luke. Jesus said, I came to bring fire to the earth, and how I wish it were already kindled. I have a baptism with which to be baptized, and what stress I am under until it is completed. Do you think that I have come to bring peace to the earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. From now on, five in one household will be divided, three against two, two against three. They will be divided, father against son, and son against father, mother against daughter, and daughter against mother, mother in law against her daughter in law, and daughter in law against mother in law. He also said to the crowds, When you see a cloud rising in the west, you immediately say, it's going to rain, and so it happens. And when you see the south wind blowing, you say, there will be scorching heat, and it happens. You hypocrites, you know how to interpret the appearance of earth and sky, but why do you not know how to interpret the present time? The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of a triune God of love. Amen. Amen. I accused Tony this week of planning his vacations around the lectionary text. (laughs) We read today that Jesus came to burn up our world and that he is impatient to do so. He did not come to bring peace, he says. No, he came to bring division, dividing households, fathers against sons and mothers against daughters, mother-in-laws against daughter-in-laws. I know many people who have strained relationships, particularly with in-laws, and now we know mm-hmm. it's all Jesus' fault. <laughs> As a kid in the 1980s, I did not listen to Michael Jackson or Cyndi Lauper. I listened to Arlo Guthrie and Janis Joplin and other anti-war musicians of the 1960s. I wore peasant skirts as a teenager in the 1990s and wove flowers into my hair. In seminary, I supported the Occupy movement because I loved having a strong communal presence of peace in our cities that proclaimed peace, and that made each of us look at our roles in the greed and injustice in the world. And throughout my life, I keep falling in love with a peaceful Jesus, because he's the God who's going to heal my wounded world. So when I read this gospel, I want to yell, where are you, my peaceful Jesus? What were you thinking, publicly proclaiming a goal to burn us up and divide us? That got written down, you know. And now here it is in our Bible and in our worship. What are we supposed to do with that? What are we supposed to do with this? What I'm trying to do is to remind myself that Jesus is not easy. 
He sometimes got his grumpy pants on and spouted off as at his followers nonsensical sentiments that didn't always seem to jive with his messages of love and peace and compassion. Like other prophets before him and since, he has sometimes seemed a bit off his rocker. But I am wondering this week, what if sometimes trading in peace for division is about love and compassion? What if peace without the turmoil of change and division is stagnant sentimentality at best? and an instrument of destruction at worst? What if peace without the fiery passion of change actually keeps the kingdom of God at bay? Jesus of Nazareth was surrounded by corruption, by corrupt governments, corrupt religious authorities, violence, poverty, fear, and a culture of survival and self-interest. We also are surrounded by these things. Jesus of Nazareth came to earth to change all of that, to destroy the forces of evil through the power of love. We, in our baptismal vows, promise to renounce the evil powers of the world that corrupt and destroy the creatures of God. Then and now, those powers of evil abound. We need look no further than the Bible to see what was happening then. The Hebrew readings today lists horrific acts of violence. We need look no further than the daily news today to see that those powers of evil have not diminished. I will not go into the things that are happening in Egypt, in Iraq, in the United States, in Massachusetts, in Boston, the things that break my heart and turn my stomach. But if you are paying attention, you know. A college roommate of mine had a bumper sticker. Maybe you've seen it. It said, if you are not outraged, you are not paying attention. Jesus was paying attention. And Jesus was outraged. Thank God that we have a God who is outraged in the face of our suffering and outraged when we mess up and cause others to suffer. This outraged Jesus makes me uncomfortable. and makes me think of apocalyptic, unloving, wrathful images of God that I do not believe to be true. But perhaps... It is the peace-loving child in me and not the peace and justice-seeking adult that gets so uncomfortable. Because if I am honest, I know that I feel safe in the arms of a God who wants to burn up the powers and principalities of destruction in me, in my life, and in my world. I feel safe in the arms of a God who wants to divide me from the things that hurt me. Too often we learn that to be faithful means to be only peaceful, loving, forgiving, and self-sacrificing at the cost of our own well-being. I have come to believe that this view, taken in its simplest form, enables the very powers of evil 
that we have promised to renounce. A friend of mine was leading a high school youth group lesson on forgiveness one day. And mid-lesson, she took off her shoe and threw it at the kid next to her. He looked shocked. She said sorry. He forgave her. And the lesson continued. Then she took off her other shoe and threw that at him. He looked indignant, and she said, I'm sorry, do you forgive me? He said yes, and they moved on. A moment later, she picked up a book and threw that at him. He quietly grumbled, holding his peace, and she said sorry. Then she looked at him and said, you are called to keep forgiving me. But you can move to the other side of the room. (laughs) When my friend told me the story, something in me woke up and grew up. And I realized that there is no true peace until we remove the forces of destruction from our lives and our world. I am deeply thankful that people like my friend and people like Jesus We'll step out of human comfort zones and name the problem in order that we might divide ourselves from their destructiveness and get on with the work of building the kingdom of God right here on earth. The kingdom of God on earth, it's right here and it's right now. Despite the persistence of evil, despite wars, abuse, domestic violence and genocidal violence, despite all of that, despite a disastrously unequal distribution of resources. We are still residing in God's love and partaking in the kingdom of God. And we are chronically missing out on that fact, aren't we? How often do we stop to notice that we are actually basking in the glory and beauty of God's love, God's presence, and God's amazingly generous creation. Apparently, we don't do it often enough, and neither did Jesus' contemporaries, because Jesus' second rant of the day has to do with the fact that the kingdom is right here, and we are blind to it. He was exasperated as he saw people correctly predicting the weather of tomorrow, yet blind to the conditions of today. Yes, they were blind to greed, to the suffering of a neighbor, to the woundedness of another. And that was half the problem. But the other half of the problem was that they were blind to the gloriously good kingdom in their midst. I worry that that same blindness today is sometimes supported In our worship, when we proclaim the mystery of faith, Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Yes, Christ has died. And Christ is dying in the suffering of every human death and act of violence right now. That is the mystery of the incarnation. Yes. Christ did rise from the dead, and Christ is rising from the dead every time we rise from the death of attachment 
to our things, our prides, our agendas, our reliance on the powers and principalities of a corrupt world, our fears, our prejudices, and even our too tight hold on the people we love. Yes, Christ will come again. And Christ is coming again through us every time we renounce evil powers and every time we embrace one another, protect, support, feed, nurture, and love one another as brothers and sisters, offspring of divine love. Christ is coming every time we recognize that in this moment, we are part of God's kingdom here on earth. Jesus is telling us to wake up and see the beloved, wounded, beautiful, mysterious, life-giving kingdom of God right here in our midst, in every breath we take and in every person we encounter. May we take Jesus' tough lesson today And may it help to keep us outraged at the senseless violence and injustice in our world. May his words guide us as we renounce evil and work to be instruments of creation in in the work of the building of God's kingdom. May we be warriors of justice in the battle for the peaceful kingdom in our homes, in our communities, on our earth in our souls, and in the soul of every member of creation. Amen.